lots of things going on. Uh, so how are y'all feeling? I've got to get my glasses on. I could put your phone up there. Thank you. So I can see. Well, we've got a lot of a lot going on in the Upper Valley. <coughs> yes, you are more even. Everybody was over on this side originally when we started. <laughs> um, so all of you have heard about the coronavirus. Uh, so we'll just talk about the big, the giant sea elephant in the room. Um, but we are going to talk a little bit about that day, but uh, uh, today. Uh, because we are open today, and as you know, many churches have closed today and are closing in the Upper Valley. And uh, after much prayer and seeking the Lord, we felt that all of you could be responsible individually enough so we can keep the church open. But there are some things that we'll be having to do, Okay. And there'll be some things that are going to be very unusual for us. Uh, I know we're a lot of huggers here. We're touchy people. We love to hug. And you can do whatever you decide to do in your own home, but in a public space uh, to keep this place open and keep our school open. Uh, the state of Vermont would like us to keep our school open, and we want to keep our food bank open so that we can feed people. Because if anybody's been to the grocery store, there's a lot of missing items uh, right now. So we want to keep the flow of food and the flow of ministry continuing. Any of you that came to our CCC launch party uh, last Thursday, it was a great success under the circumstances. <laughs> uh, many people came out. It was awesome. And we're getting the word out about the facility. And so just keep telling people about it. It was very good in that respect. And I really am very thankful. We did start our procedures and our protocols or our new ways of doing things. And we will have to implement that. And it's only as good as you uh, are good at following what we're going to be suggesting later. But before we talk about that, I want us to first and foremost um, talk about the Lord and how he sees this. And I love that last song that we sang today. He is for us. He is with us. He surrounds us. His word. Jesus, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, what happens when you say that prayer and ask him to come into your life? He literally says, I will come and make, I will come and live inside of you. And you are able to receive God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, inside of you. That is power. That is power over the enemy. That is Sean's testimony today, his doctor bewildered and shocked. I've been there in those situations where God has healed me and Sean is experiencing that. It's a surreal experience when your doctors are going, I, I just, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. This just isn't making sense. This doesn't, what are you doing? What have you done? And when you say, it's God, you know, they're like, yeah, right. Uh, 
And you go, no, you know, and then I take the time to talk. We are a praying people. We are a believing people. And when we pray, we believe that God hears us. And we believe that the answer, we will receive it. There's no doubt, even if we have to wait a little while. So with the corona or COVID-19, as they are calling it, which is a virus, a new one that we haven't encountered before in the world, a new variety, we, uh, some people have a lot of misinformation. So you might live in a place where you don't have the news or whatever. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to tell you that plagues in the land, God has a hand. So we are looking at not only our local area where we live, where there is so much fear and panic, as you've seen in the stores. And people are reacting very selfishly, um, this is what's happening, and this is what happens when people panic and fear. Right, so, exactly. So these are the things that we see, and so we're going to talk about what can I do as a child of God so I'm telling you, if you're here today and you haven't said that prayer and asked Jesus in your life, I'm telling you, say the prayer. And, you know, it's not a special written prayer that you have to say out of a book. Praying is talking to God. I'm here. That's all you have to do. You individually, you talk to God. If you want to do that today, we will pray with you, and you come up here right after service, and we will pray with you. But ask him to come into your life. You're asking the God of the universe to come into your life and to impact it for good. So what is our response to be? We'll talk about some of the protocols. I know that some of you were like, Whoa, who's, who's hitting me right at the door with sanitizer? Because in order to keep the building open, this is what we're going to do until we're told that we have to shut down, okay, uh, by the government because we would be in submission to the authorities that are over us. But until then, we are going to gather. We're going to gather with wisdom and not fear and not panic. We're not going to defy wisdom with our own theology or doctrine about the coronavirus. We're going to try to understand it because there are many things unknown. But what I want to tell you is God knows. And if you will pray, he will direct you. Okay? But if you want to come and assemble here, there are certain things that we will be doing. We will be sanitizing our hands. And we will resist, no matter how painful it is, from hugging one another while we're in these public buildings. What you do outside of this building is up to you. I encourage that you follow the guidelines that we've been given so that you and your family can remain healthy. And that is our prayer. And so this isn't something that I'm not doing. Um, we're all following this. But now let's talk about Abba. 
You know, we have been talking for the last several weeks about our thoughts and our mind and what we're speaking out of our mouth. And we found out that our heart is connected to our mouth because the Word of God says, out of the heart the mouth speaks. And so we see in our society right now, out of their hearts that are filled with fear, they're speaking a lot of fear. I would ask you that we not do that. It, that if we hear someone speaking, I heard so many people in line when I was at Walmart the other day, and one woman was just freaking out. She was getting the news on her phone while she was in line. She was throwing out all sorts of curse words and hollering, and the man that she was with was like, you know, um, he was getting stressed from what she was telling me. It's on the, it's on the phone. It's happening now. It's, 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 you know, lots of expletives and, and curse words in the middle. I mean, everybody was lo- looking. And so all that did to do was hype, hype everyone's silence fears. God tells us that we are the children of God and we are the children of light. And there may be some darkness in the earth right now, but you have the word of God in you. You have a Bible. And if you don't have one, we'll give you one. What I'm saying is you speak to this. Don't add fuel to the fire of fear. Don't add logs to that. Instead, instead, let's be the light. I want to read some scriptures here today. Uh, Let me get my Bible and where I've marked it so I can get to it quickly today. I didn't have time to write all of them down. But I want to read um, Timothy. Timothy, here it is. 2 Timothy 1, 7, when I get there. I guess I should have used my other Bible where the pages aren't falling out. Oh, I'm going to the wrong place. Here it is. Let me get there. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. We've been talking about your mind. If your thoughts are going to the fear It's not coming from God. We've been learning to take every thought that we're thinking about in our mind that's negative and not the will of God and taking those thoughts captive. So if you are really thinking about fear, guess what? God's not giving you that. It says God has not given us a spirit of fear. No. What God's handing out right now is love and the power of a sound mind. So that's what we should be speaking into every situation. And if you're standing in line with somebody somewhere or wherever it is, somebody maybe this is just a relative and they're frightened and they don't know God, you can say, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God isn't about fear. He's about love. And I have peace. I have peace because of it. 
I know this is frightening. This is a situation that none of us have been in before. But I have peace in the middle of this storm because God is with me. And I'm not going crazy with my thoughts. What could happen? Worrying. We learned recently, worry has never changed anything. Has your worry about something ever changed the circumstance? I can tell you, it's a big N-O. It has never changed the circumstance. I want to turn to... So, um, I'll be getting to some other scriptures in a minute. But I wanted to start with that one. Um, I wanted to give you my opinion and my perspective based on the Word of God about this virus threat that we're all facing, okay? First, we at Praise Chapel are called to destroy the works of the devil or the enemy or darkness, whatever you want to call it. And this plague is one that's coming Jesus appeared. Jesus came to earth. We won't be seeing some of the sports games where they have the sign, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Come on. That's how much he loves us. He sent his only son and Jesus appeared. And he came here, and I want to re- read First John 3.8. I want you to hear the word of God, not my opinion. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, we, some of us know as Christians, that as we became Christians, we found out as we read the word that God has given us authority. He's given us authority to destroy those same works of darkness. Amen? The scripture is found. He gave us authority over the power of the enemy. Come on. And he said, nothing will injure us. So behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. All of it. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, 19. I want to talk about that. I believe that with all my heart. If I'm near a rattlesnake cage, should... After I heard that, should I stick my hand in there to see if I get bit? Is that wisdom? Am I tempting God with stupidity? Are you following me? Would you do that? No. So if there's something that's poisonous or venomous or something that could harm you, are you just going to be foolish even though God's word, I just read it to you, He said he would give you all the power over the enemy and that nothing would come and injure or harm you. 
Well, I'm not going to stick my hand in the middle of a, bo- a vial of coronavirus, COVID-19. I'm not going to jeopardize myself and be foolish because God has given us wisdom. And if you lack it, or I see you doing something that isn't very wise, I'll ask you to ask him for it because we need God's wisdom right now. Not panic. We need his wisdom so he can show us what can we do to help with the spread of this virus, etc. And some of the things that we'll talk about later are things that we can do. They are very simple. They're basic. We've heard them before. But they're only as good as if we do it. So we want to do that, not for our own sake only and for our own safety and wellness, but for that of wherever we are and everyone else around us. Okay, I also want to say that as I quickly look, I've been very busy uh, since this has all been going on, and especially this week, not having as much time before the Lord as I would love to have. And I'm going to set that time aside, really seeking his face about the bigger picture. But I want to tell you that there's, we talked recently in some of our series on the mouth and the mind. There are times, <clears throat> there are times that we go through testing. And we go through a test, not as some weird psycho punishment or because God plays games with us. He doesn't. But we go through tests. It's just like you take a test. It's like a life lesson. And by the time you're at the end of the test, you know what your strengths were and what your weaknesses were. It's kind of a test so you know where you are in this walk with him. And we go through tests and we go through trials and we learn so much. If you're wise, you learn a lot. If you are unwise and you don't care, you're probably going to be taking that test again and perhaps over and over. I hope not because I bless you all with the wisdom of God this morning. So we're, the whole world is in a time of testing. If they ever thought that they needed God, the God, I am God, that's the God, the God of the universe, the one that we know and love and adore and magnify, they need him now. And you are the bearers of light. So the test right now is who do you believe? Who do you believe? Who do you believe? And we believe God's word, and we seek him for the best information we can to understand what we're dealing with. And so this is something we have you know, had to become <laughs> experts on in just hours and hours of digesting uh, facts and fiction, fi- fiction. Some of the things that you are getting on the website could be fiction. So I think that you should, you know, stick to the CDC website just for the basics. And uh, we're, we're handing them out to you today. You all got a sheet. And we'll go over that before we all leave. But who do you believe? 
Do you believe in God who promises healings? We heard a testimony of that today. You've heard testimony after testimony of God's healing. Who do we believe? The, the one who's given every man a measure of faith? Who's come to him? Let my faith arise. Arise and shine. Be the light that lives in you. Speak to people's fear. Pray for them. Say, I will pray for you. Speak about peace and why you have peace. Because you know that he is the God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Do I believe God's anointing and word for divine protection? I do. And therefore, I'm not going to stick my hand in that rattlesnake cage and defy the odds of that. Uh, there are some people that do those kinds of things. But do you understand? We take care of business. And we're serious about it. Do we believe that the same anointing that can heal cancer can stop the coronavirus? Amen. I want to hear an amen on that. I absolutely believe it. I've seen people healed of all manner of sickness and disease, some right before my eyes, and he will destroy this when his people pray, when my people humble themselves and cry out to me and fast and pray. And if this is ever a time for the church to pray to God and for others, this is your moment. This is the moment. Amen? Uh, we need to tell the world who God is. And you've got a grand opportunity right now, right now to do that. We are not subject to a virus we're designed to destroy. Come on. When you were born again, you were designed to destroy the works of the enemy. So let's be aggressive against this attack. Aggressive, not running in fear, but let's do something by praying and believing and taking care of things. People who have the coronavirus may not be allowed to come to our healing rooms or to our church. They're isolated. But we can pray for them. We can pray for them. And we can decree healing. We pray and we decree things. You've heard me decree things. I'm decreeing. And God hears those decrees. And he meets our faith by that. And we need to be bold about coming before the throne of God and taking faith for that. And so when we come together, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a lot of prayer in these coming weeks. There's going to be people that we know that might become sick or ill. I'm praying that we stop it in its tracks right now. I don't want to see another person get it. Um, I really don't. And I'm not just playing, praying for our region or you people in our church or people we know. I'm praying for everyone that they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior and as the Prince of Peace, and they will set, he will set them free, and they will be healed, and they will be delivered from panic and fear and all pestilence. Amen? So join with me in that. Please do. Um, 
So if you're there, one of the things that Pastor and I uh, had recently adopted, we've been taking communion because we were being assaulted, trying to have things come on us in illness. And we take communion at home. You can do that at home. You can have your own wine and bread and pray over it. Do you understand? You don't really need a priest to do that. or somebody's, You do it by faith. Jesus was there. You can do that. And, and you can take communion every day. And so we've been taking it for ourselves and we've been taking it for the body of Christ and our friends and our loved ones as they did at the Last Supper. And so what I want to say is if you're there, I think we should, you know, I think that we could come up with Scripture. This is my idea. It's, I haven't, like I said, I haven't had a lot of time. But here we've been passing out all these um, cards. We can give cards with scriptures on them even, you know? And we can write scriptures that the Lord would have you put on the back of a card, just like the size of a business card or a piece of paper or whatever you figure out to do. But give them things that will tell them and let them know where they can come and they can come and assemble here with us if they're afraid. We will pray. We will pray for them. I think it is, and she is making pillows. So there you go. Um, but I want to, uh, I'm going to save Psalm 91 as we end here today. We're going to read it together. But you will encounter those people that are fearful. And we just want to tell them, like First John 4:16 and 18 says, we have come to know we just tell them like this, I've come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Come on. God is love. God is love. And the one that abides in us is God and love. And they may not, but believe me, they might be thinking about changing their minds. And the one who lives in God and abides in him and is, is, is looking for his presence and God abides in him. That's us. So, so search these things out. There is no fear in love. The word of God says that. 1 John 4, 16, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. God isn't here to punish us. But we're certainly, he's certainly getting our attention. There you go. He's telling you about all your health things and things, other things besides health, just practices. Let go of unforgiveness. Why keep any doors open? Those are open doors to sickness and disease of the heart. And and God is love. Therefore, God, who is perfect, drives out fear. So again, we want to decree this. It's a time for us to walk boldly, guys, really boldly, and decree and declare everywhere we go. 
I just go in and pray over the store. Just pray over the store. You can walk into it. It's almost like a dark cloud. You can't see it. It's an invisible cloud, but it almost grips your heart because people have been thinking and all their thoughts and their, their words are coming out. Remember, don't let these words come out. Don't join those kind of conversations. Don't affirm those kind of things. I do see the empty shelves. It is shocking, but I'm going to try to limit that and talk about God and believe for provision in these uh, times. These are serious times. Mark eleven twenty three. This is Jesus saying this. These are Jesus' words. He said, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. That means the mountain of coronavirus that is standing in front of the world to threaten them, we've got to pray over that. And we can cast that mountain. We can get together. The Word of God says that in Matthew 18, it says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, because his name was given as the most powerful name over everything, over cancer, in Jesus' name. If somebody gives me a report of cancer, I just don't even accept that. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, that may be a symptom that may be a symptom in somebody's body. I'm not, I'm not negating that they have a symptom or manifestation of something, but I know something that's more powerful than that. And that's the battle I had to fight in my own life when I had an inoperable brain tumor and they sent me home with six weeks to live. I'm going to be the person that's telling them my testimony because he healed me. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is the one who loved me and cast out all fear. And he came and he took care of his baby girl. And he healed me. And he's done it over and over again. But I'm just saying, it's the big stuff. It's cancer. It's throat cancer. It's whatever it is. Okay, well, that's what they're saying. Well, let me tell you what God's word says about it. And I'm going to pray that over Brian. I'm going to pray that over each one of you. If you're diagnosed with something, do you understand? I'm going to a higher power. I'm going to a higher authority. I'm going to the great physician himself, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I'm going to him, and I'm going to believe what he says. Because the word of God, you know what? He didn't just die to save you from sins. The word of God says that by his stripes, that means every whip, every lashing he took before he got to the cross, by his stripes and the blood that he shed, it says, by his stripes we are healed. So when I, when I embrace him as my Lord and Savior and I ask him to come and live in my house, that healing power is within me. Come on. Come on. Come on. We drive out that fear. It is like leaving an open door to stuff. Get it closed, whatever the door is in your mind, in your thinking. Oh, we love you, Lord. So we want to say, therefore I say to you, this is another one from Jesus, therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray, everything, 
everything you pray for. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray for and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. That is what Jesus said. I believe in that, okay? So this is the reason. This is the reason I urge you boldly, believe for whatever you ask for in prayer and believe that you've received it. Come on. Come on. If you've got unbelief, say, Lord, we believe, but help my unbelief. That was another prayer. That was, that was something the disciples said. Let's drive that out. Let's drive unbelief out of our world. I mean, it's critical times we're entering in. This is preparation for end times and things just of this nature. And now it's time to, well, the old saying, put your money where your mouth is. You've got to act on it. You've got to say it. You've got to say what you believe. You, it's not time to be afraid and go, oh, I don't know if I should tell them I'm a Christian because uh, there's a lot of liberals that live up here and they don't, you know, they're kind of anti-Christ and all that jargon. This isn't the time for that. Now is the time. Ecclesiastics, there's a time and a season for everything. And the season we're in right now is a time for you to be the light and be the witness and to be the guiding light and to take care of yourself and do the things you know you need to do to stay well and healthy and not infect anybody else. Amen? Speak life, not death to one another. Come on. I almost stuck my finger in my mouth to turn this page. I caught myself. You know, we touch our face a zillion times a day. You don't even know you're doing it. You have no idea. You have no idea. It's just instant reflexes, and we need to rethink these things and really slow it down so that we can change behaviors. Because I told you recently it takes about 21 days to break, break a habit and change into a new one. That's three weeks. Let's put some more focus on that right now and change our behaviors immediately. And we can do that. You can do that. And we don't have to be afraid. And if we all do that together, we can keep this place clean and, and virus-free. Amen? And not be bringing it in and thinking that we somehow have, are more special than somebody else. We just keep doing it. So I want to say where the Spirit of the Lord is, what does it say? It says there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we are free. We are free, and we are not going to come into the bondage of fear and panic and insanity. Come on. We're not going to do it. Just remind one another. I may slip up. You might hear if there's a conversation. Just interject it. You don't have to say you shouldn't be talking about that. Just say, you know, let's, let's pray. We need to go back to the word. Let's pray. What does God say about this situation? Jesus, oh, how many, we just talked recently about Jesus told us not to worry. He told us, look at the birds of the air. Am I taking care of them? My father knows when one falls to the ground. He knows they were gone. He, they make it. That he provides for them. Is he going to provide for you any less than he does for the birds of the air? Jesus said, don't be anxious 
about anything. Don't, don't look what's going to happen next week. Forget it. Take today. Because he said today's got enough issues of, it own, of its own. If you get out there, you start opening the door to make yourself sick. We talked a few weeks ago, fear and anxiety and stress can open the door to illness. You already know that. There's science behind that. And why open the door? Shut that door. Shut the, yeah, there's a, there's a kid song. Shut the door, shut the door on the devil. I don't know. I didn't sing it right, but keep the, keep the devil outside. I don't know. But make up a song, whatever it is, that will help you turn around your thinking. Let's trust him. Let's trust him together. We're in this together. We're the family of God. We're the family of light. Jesus, God has adopted us as sons and daughters. You're his daughter. You're his son. He cares for you. He is here for you. We just sang that song, The Blessing. He's here for you. He's for you. He wants you to excel. So let's just remind one another to overwhelmingly conquer everything through Christ who loved us. And we overcome by what? We come by the overcome by the blood of the Lamb, and the Lamb is Jesus. And we're going to overcome this. We're going to overcome this by the blood of the Lamb, and we're going to overcome by the word of our testimony and what we are speaking. That's what the Word of God says. That's what my Bible says. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. If you don't know about it, you can find that in Revelation 12. Chapter 12, verse 11. God's promise, one of the last, I'm I'm getting to the end here before we talk about some of the things we're going to be doing here. God's promise to us is this, and it's Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's your inheritance. That's yours. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. He has vindicated you. He said because of the blood of the Lamb, that you're, you qualify. Come on. It isn't about how much is in your bank account or what car you drive or what clothes you wear or how pretty you are. He has qualified you by the love and the blood of the Lamb. So, saints, this is the hour to draw near to God. This is the hour to draw near to God to live in his promises, to live in his word, to know what the word says, so you can share that with others. This is the time to resist the enemy. Resist him. And God says, if you resist the enemy, he will flee from you. So resist from those thoughts. Resist from those fears. Resist from what this or that. We've got to believe We've got to set our hearts in belief and ask God continually, I'm asking for mercy. 
Mercy on any thoughts that drift through my mind. Any fears that try to come and I even think about it for a second and cast it out. God, have mercy on us during this hour as we all walk through this together. Just remember, you are destined. In this war, you were bred to win, to fight and win. Fight the good fight of faith, and you are destined to win. God is in them, in you, and the word of God says your enemies will scatter. Yes. If God is within you, in, within you, your enemies will scatter as long as you know that, and you're coming from that point. I want us to turn to a couple more scriptures now. Um, Oh, actually, I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to go to um, Psalm 91. This is my life scripture because of the things that I've had to overcome every day of my life as a child. This is my life scripture. He's met me in this every day. I hope it becomes a place for you. It is in the Old Testament, for any of you who are looking, in the book of Psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S. And the number and the chapter is Psalm 91. I'm going to read the entire thing. He who dwells in the shelter, the secret place of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, his feathers of his wings, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulk work. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand on your right hand but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent or dwelling. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down. And then God speaks in first person. And this is what God the Father says. 
because he has loved me. That means because you have loved him. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him or her securely on high because they have known my name. He will, they will call upon me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. That is a good thing to meditate upon. Meditation brings healing. It calms anxiety. And if you want something to read, you just go over that and think about everything that that means to you. Amen? Um, I now want to speak to all of you who have come here because um, life is changing for us during this season. Um, You've all received one of these handouts, right? Everybody received one of these? Well, there's somebody that needs one. Uh, You want to take that back? Raise your hand if you don't have one of those. Here, I've got some here, Lonnie. Yeah, I do. How many more? One, two, three, four. I just have to have one that I can talk to. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so this is a memo to you. And so raise your hands up so you can get one. And... uh, Okay, so um, I don't want you to get bogged down by reading the whole thing before I get there because you might not hear some important information. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to open it up for questions at the end. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to, if you have questions and we're able to answer them, uh, Sean, Deb, me, um, so I want to talk about the ministry outreaches that we have right now. So we have our food bank that we'll be going to in a few minutes. There are some new things that are going to change there too, but I want to talk about coming to church. So you will see someone. So the building will be sanitized and everything as soon as we leave here today, you know, and, and, and everything will be cleaned. And uh, we'll talk about that. But, but these things are for your safety and the safety of others. And we will follow these guidelines. And we will ask you to follow them. If you don't want to follow them, then it's okay. You don't have to come. But you can't come into the building unless you follow these guidelines. And we have to do that because we do not want to close down. We understand that the coronavirus, you could come in here and you might not be sick. Uh, you might not have any symptoms, but a couple of days from now, you could have symptoms, you could have a test, and if they say that you have the virus, then that means everybody that's here today has to be contacted. So that's why we are insistent on you giving, if you're a visitor or you come here all the time, we're asking you to update your information. Um, the 
you know, the health department has asked us to do that and be good record keepers. That is, we're not trying to get your information for any other reason that other than that we could, for your safety, contact you if something happened. I'm not believe I'm believing none of that is going to happen here, but I'm just saying we have to be prepared. So we will remain open, and we are also going to be meeting every Wednesday at the CCC building, the Cornerstone Community Building. We'll be meeting there from six to seven for prayer every day, uh, every Wednesday. There will be people gathering. When you come in there, you will be asked to use sanitizer before entering the building, and we're, that way we're going to keep everything clean. If somebody, if something were to happen, I just want you to understand the financial issues here. If we had to have this place completely cleaned, and it was because, you know, somebody chose not to go with the protocols, it could be two to ten thousand dollars. I hope I want to let that settle in. Um, we don't have two or ten thousand dollars, okay? And but that would be a requirement before we could assemble again. That is why you are being asked to take very good health precautions here as we assemble. Um, we will remain open every Sunday until further notice. If the governments uh, tell us that we cannot open, then we will not be able to open. So. When you come to church, everyone will sanitize their hands upon entering the building. Somebody will be there to greet you. We love you. It's just what we're doing. All visitors will be asked for your name, address, email, and phone. And if a family arrives with more members in the family, we have to have the names of children or others with your group. And we need that contact information. If you arrive sick, you will be asked to go home. And that's not because we're rejecting you. It's because that's where you really need to be, okay? And you need to uh, be home. And they are asking that you not just go and show up at your doctor's office. So if you do, you will probably be redirected to go back to your car and someone will come out to talk to you at your vehicle. I don't know what each place will adopt as a protocol, but they're asking you to call first. So they can tell you what to do and then do what they what they share with you, okay? Um, you will be asked to go home if you arrive sick and take appropriate actions and rest until you're symptom-free. If you become ill while you're here, if you were feeling fine and you got sick while you were here, you need to tell uh, one of the leaders here uh, someone that you're going home because you're feeling bad. Share what those symptoms are so we can follow up with you and pray for you. We'll pray for you, you know, before you leave or, you know, we will pray and you will be on that prayer list and we'll be in touch with you. Um, so be sure and tell someone in leadership before you leave. Um, the next is some people have allergies this time of year. So again, we just talked about not being fearful. I have allergies. It's allergy season. The snow cover is gone. The wind is blowing, blah, blah, blah. But I know the difference between my allergy and if I'm coming down with something. And do not use this. If you have allergies, be wise. 
Don't use that as an excuse and a free pass to do something differently. But you may see people blowing their noses because they have allergies. Still follow the protocol. They're not asking for you to do this anymore. But it's better if you cough and you have a shirt, then do this. If you don't have a Kleenex with you or toilet tissue, I highly recommend everybody just that's part of your gear for every day. And then you get rid of it as soon as possible and you throw it away and you wash your hands. I want to tell you, I know there's a shortage of hand sanitizer and that makes life difficult if you're out and about. But soap and water is actually more effective than hand sanitizer because you're washing everything, the fronts and backs. And so when you use hand sanitizer, you have excuse me, you have to use enough to cover everything. Because if you don't do the backs of your hands and you go like this, you just contaminated your face. Do you see? Uh, and we just don't know. So you really have to think about this, all right? Um, if you have symptoms in your doctor, so um, we're going to take every precaution. And if you have symptoms, that's in bold, then, um, and your doctor has advised you to stay at home or take the test for the COVID-19 virus, please call. There is Christine. Christine, raise your hand. That's Christine Edwards right there. Her phone number, her email is in this sheet, so be sure and take the sheet home with you. Tell her what's happened to you. Or Deb Kerwin, raise your hand. That's Deb. These two ladies, we're limiting it to these two so we, you don't get forgotten. Don't just tell everybody. You have to tell these two people so we make sure that we have your information and we can start praying for you right away and help you, bring you food, whatever you need, if you're being isolated like that. We'll be the church. We'll be there. We'll help you. And that's why we want to know if that's the case. And then we want to keep following through with that. Um, they've, uh, the uh, Center for Disease and Control has asked churches to keep, and all businesses, not just churches, but schools everywhere, Keep good records of your people um, so if things come up, you know, you can be contacted. Uh, and we'll give you further information as it comes forward. Things will be changing as they learn things. So let's look at the guidelines. I just put a few. There are thousands, but these are the most important ones. These are the most important ones. Just a minute. I have another one here. Okay. Um, the first one is, and, and this is also on the back of your sheet. We'll look at that in a minute. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. If people are sick, try to not have contact. But if you have someone in your home that is sick, if there's a place that they can be isolated from you, you can still tend them. You can use all these practices, washing your hands, being careful. On a good day, you can open the window and open the doors and get some fresh air. You know, just get some fresh air in the house, sanitizing all things as we get into this. You can use these practices. We're not going to abandon people in a parking lot, right? But if you have, you know, stay away from people that are sick. 
avoid it if, if it's possible. People have, I just want to tell you, there's people that have had it in families and only one individual has gotten it because they've done these practices and been careful. Just like if somebody gets the flu and you don't get it in your family. You're just using those same ones. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue, then throw the tissue in the trash and wash your hands. Use sanitizer if you cannot wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. That's how we get it into our body. Try to think about that and not do that. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. I've just listed a few, and one isn't on here, but it came up in our meeting early this morning by one of the leaders, and it's a good one. So when I, when I publish this again and print it, I'm going to add it on the list. Uh, so disinfect frequently touched objects like this. this. This will all be disinfected after the service. Okay, even though I've washed my hands and everything else, everything will be done that way. Everything. Everything. So we're going to, everything. We didn't put that there because most of you aren't carrying a microphone around, right? Okay, but I listed the things that you are going to come in daily contact with. And um, so I'm going to talk about these. Let's talk about door handles. That means your inside and the outside, both door handles. Do the edge of the door, that you touch the door and move it, even after your hands are clean, because somebody might have come through there and it might have something on it. So just just uh, wipe those down. Um, disinfect. Keyboards. Your keyboards, your iPads, your game controllers. Your everything, your TVs, game controllers, your phones. If you hand and wash your hands and sanitize your hands and then you go pick up your phone and you were just out and about, you've just reinfected your hands. So the first thing you should probably think about doing and what we've adopted is the minute we get in our house um, from being somewhere, even though we've used hand sanitizer in our car, we go in our house, we put our things down, I wash my hands, thoroughly, and then I take sanitizer and I disinfect my phone. You don't pour oodles and gobs on it, but you can rub it on there and get that thing cleared up. You don't dry it off. You let it dry. You let it evaporate. It has to be on there 15 seconds, okay, to kill the germs. You do your counters at home, your, your counters, anything that you're touching, handrails, handrails, if you go upstairs, handrails, anything like that, car handles, steering wheel, car services, etc. It must, remember, the disinfectant must remain on a surfaces and let it dry is best, but it has to be on there for 15 seconds, okay? Then um, stay home when you are sick, except to get medical care. These are all suggestions. They're not mine. They come from the Department of uh, Disease, uh, you know, the Center for disease and control, the CDC. Call your doctor for advice and follow their directions carefully. That's the most important thing you can do. Wash your hands. That's in bold, capitals. That is the best way. Wash them all the time with soap and water and warm water for at least 20 seconds. You can count that. I count to 30 because I tend to count fast because I'm moving. 
and then I make sure. Then I rinse, you know, and things like that. This is the best way. That some people sing happy birthday, and, and whatever your thing is, do it. This is the best way to eliminate the virus on your hands. And use sanitizer if you cannot wash your hands. If you're in a place, you know, I've just been in Walmart or somewhere else at the store, I'm using sanitizer in my car as soon as I get in, and uh, so on and so forth. But washing your hands is the best practice. And also wash your face. So uh, this you might not hear as often, but if you touch your face, you don't realize you do. So wash your face. I'm saying wash your face You know, in the morning, wash it at night. If some of you can wash it more often, great. Just use soap and water. Use the same thing, 20 seconds, and then dry. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is in the hand washing. Um, so if you're a family uh, and you don't, you haven't been able to buy paper towels, or that's usually not something in your budget, what I'm saying is if you can get paper towels, use them, but use them sparingly. Try to, so you're not just wasting them. Use one and make sure you've dried everything off. Because if you didn't wash your hands well enough, then or somebody before you didn't wash their hands long enough, they dried them off in the towel and the, that, back, that virus or bacteria is on the towel. And when you've washed and you go and use that, you've just reinfected your hands. You, does that make sense to everybody? So in the sense that if you don't have that, then everybody should have their own towel. Okay? Well, right. A face cloth. Everybody has their own stuff. And that way, we're not reinfecting other people in your family. So that's really important for you. And then those things should be, um, you know, you're going to have to add to washing. Uh, or however you're going to do that, you're going to know best what your lifestyle is. But it's yours. You're washing it. You know, you can wash things out in the sink with hot water and soap. You can do that. You don't have to run to the laundromat. But those, you should wash your towels uh, often if that's possible for you. And um, drink fluids uh, just, to, just to keep your fluids up because your immune system works better if you have fluids in your body. When, you're, when your body is trying to fight something off, it eliminates it. So it takes it and it tries to eliminate it. So you want to stay hydrated. It can be any kind. It, you know, water's great, but if you drink coffee, whatever it is, keep your fluids up. Don't drink gallons of water. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. It just means that it makes your immune system work better. Okay? So on the back at the very bottom is the information. I have no idea why those did not turn blue on my computer. Those are the correct. Um, so it says call the CDC.gov. It shows you how to get into that, for Vermont, the healthvermont.gov, COVID-19. Or if you have a phone, just dial 211, and they will, they will give you information over the phone. And then if you live in New Hampshire, there is the website for that. If you look at the back here, this is just a good reminder. If you stick this up on your fridge or wherever you can go to it, if you forgot what we talked about, all the information is on the back. And then here's a picture. It just shows us. This is put out by the CDC. Again, it reiterates everything. It, it again tells you what we just discussed. So you can share this information with others. 
we can print up some more of these so that you can have them and share with other people. Um, and if we do that, we're in some good shape, guys. If we follow what we've just, these simple things that we can do, it's not rocket science. Um, just get some soap and water. So I, I will entertain questions now. If you have any questions that you might have that we can talk about. And I, if I don't have the answers, hopefully somebody does. Yes. Yes, that's staying calm. That's right, that's right. We're going to get these supplies. Uh, one thing I want to tell you that we will be doing a new touchless paper towel things in our restrooms and around the building. We'll have touchless soap dispensers. We'll have touchless hand sanitizer uh, so, so you won't be greeted with a pump every time. Uh, but that's two weeks out, and so that's been ordered. It costs a lot of money to do that, about $1,000 to do our facility. And um, so what I want to say is I know that this is adding expenses to your budget, but it's adding expenses to the church budget. And so I'm asking you to be very mindful. Some of you are in limited incomes, and maybe you can't give more. But there is a big cost factor to this. Just printing these. Printing these is, you know, money, printer, paper, everything for you. And everything we've been able to find, sanitizers, everything. Um, so if we do shut down, we'll talk further about how we could donate online and things like that. But life goes on. The bills still come. That doesn't change. <laughs> so we've got to work together. We, you all know that Praise Chapel isn't like in here for the money, to grab your money. It's here to pay the bills and keep the ministry going. Yes, question. sure they will be doling it out in small supplies so that you have to come back for more. I'm really happy to hear that. That is good news for us. That's good news. I have a hand up here and I'm coming right to you, Val. Yes. Yep. Light switches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Good point. Light switches. Yes, Val. If you can find that Lysol spray, it will do it, 99.9%. So use it sparingly. Um, you don't just have to spray it around the air. We've got a good day. We can open our windows a little while. 
let air exchange go. Get some fresh air in the house. And then close the doors and heat it back up again. Okay? It's just good. It's, and we do that anyway, don't we, around this time of year? It's not anything new, but now it's, it's a great. Um, also, there is a liquid Lysol. If you could get it, you could make your own spray in an atomizer. It's just we can't get it right now. Uh, but we have sanitizers and things that we're ordering, other kinds that we can dilute. And on other surfaces, you can just, one of the cheapest sanitizers is Clorox. Isn't it, is it five teaspoons to a gallon of water? Or maybe two teaspoons to a quart, something like that? Is that what it is? Because people will be listening to this broadcast. It's what? Okay, so it says it right on the back of the gallon. And if you can get Clorox and water, it's just don't you can't spray that on your clothes and you can't spray that on surfaces that it would damage. But on a kitchen counter and your sinks and your faucets and things like that and have a little rag with it in and wipe your plates down, you know, we don't have to worry about that. It will sanitize your hands too, but you know, you have to wash that off and make it food safe. Okay? Make it food safe. Now what I want to tell you is can I just, before you go, uh, is when we go to the food bank today, there's new rules over there. So all of you that are here going to the food bank, they will be greeting you one way or another, and they will be telling you what's going in. So this is our first day in practice. So please have patience with us as we try to discover um, how we're going to handle things. If we get too big of a crowd over there at any one time, some people will either, you know, on a great day, we can stay outside and be called in, just so we're not overcrowding and, um, you know, getting things in the air. Or you'll be asked to stay in this foyer. Wherever you stay, remember, we have to clean everything down. So we're asking that people not come back over here and all that stuff so we don't have to do all this. This is adding hours. And the other thing is, look, it takes... All of you, this can't be the same old few that do this work. And if you aren't participating, we're asking you to sign up. You can help us do this. This takes a lot. This takes a lot of doing it. But if somebody does all the light switches, if somebody does this, that, or the other, we can get this job done. And then we can all get out and have fun and go about, everybody has things to do. So please sign up for those kind of things. We're going to need more help. Will you guys, will you guys think about it, just helping us out in that way? Thank you. Um, so they'll be telling you the new rules. You know, nobody will come into the building from outside without sanitizing their hands. And we'll be sharing with them. So please let them know we want to keep our food bank open. And we must do this in order to do so. So we love you all dearly. Are you going to pray, Pastor? Will you pray I'm just going to say, because all the people coming in the food bank, we have ones very similar to this, but it's for the food shelf as well. Pretty much all the same protocol. But the things that we want to make sure is, is that as we have them come in, we're also going to have to some way determine if any of them are sick. So if any of them come to you and say, oh, I'm not going to be able to get my food, that's not the case. What we'll do is, is we'll get an order from them. We'll wait to ask them to wait in their car. And essentially what we'll do is we'll fulfill the order for them and bring it to their car. That way if there's any opportunity for any type of a 
uh, contamination, we want to minimize it just to that. <clears throat> but it would. We'd really, really love your help um, because there's going to be a lot of procedures that we're going to be adding to this, especially as we break down and clean up as we see the uh, food shelf come to a close. So we really, really could use all of your help in some way. So, But we thank you really mostly for uh, being attentive this morning because <clears throat> the important part is, even Joe Dasher and different ones, they don't want to see the food shelves close. Even as it is, people can't get to the store. So I would imagine we're going to probably see a lot of people that we don't normally see, just in hopes. <clears throat> so, and if you see somebody slip up and they're hugging, just kind of just remind them and say, hey, let's, let's do the bump, you know, things like that. <clears throat> yeah.